This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Chris Brooks here, and I want to thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Did you know that we are funded by the generosity of listeners just like you? Would you help us finish this month strong? Just call 888-644-4144 or give at equipradio.org. Please enjoy the following pre-recorded encore presentation of Equipped with Chris Brooks. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equipped with Chris Brooks. I am absolutely thrilled that you have tuned in today. Why don't you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview. On. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you into what promises to be a very special and interactive edition of Equip. Today, I want to talk to the hearts of young men. If you are in your 20s, today is your program. If you're in your 30s, today is for you as well. If you're an old guy like me in your 40s or above, then uh, I want you to think about the young men in your life, and maybe you can call on their behalf as well. But I really want to dedicate this uh, program to uh, those uh, who are in the young years of your life, so complicated, so challenging, so much promise ahead of you, but also so many pitfalls. But I also want to open it up to those who have a young man in your life that you love. Maybe your mom, maybe your sister, maybe your wife, maybe your brother or dad. And you say, uh, man, I want to pray for this young man or I want to encourage him. Today we want to talk about how you can have a great life. Now when I say the word greatness, what do you think of? Many things come to mind. Hopefully on your list is greatness in the area of your walk with Christ, your faith being faithful to your calling, producing much fruit for Christ in his kingdom. I know before I go home to be with the Lord, I want to do great things for him. And hopefully you have that deep desire as well. Also greatness in your marriage and in your parenting one day, if you're a young man. Uh, But greatness doesn't just happen, does it? It's not an accident. As a matter of fact, today, I want to convince you, along with my guests, that the decisions you make as a young man will greatly impact the rest of your life. Today, we want to give you some wisdom on how to live a brave and bold life for Jesus so that you can experience greatness. My guest today is Dr. Clarence Schuler. He is an author, a marriage counselor, a speaker, and life and relationship coach. He's also the president of BLR, Building Lasting Relationships. Uh, He and his wife, uh, Brenda, have been married for over 35 years, and uh, he has recently authored a great book along with his good friend, Dr. Gary Chapman. It's simply entitled, Choose Greatness, 11 Wise Decisions That Brave Young Men Make. I'm going to give you the phone number. If you're a young man right now listening to us and you say, I'm at a fork in the road. Uh, I am at a pivot point in my life. I need wisdom. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you just... I need prayer today. Or if you have a young man in your life that you'd like for us to pray for, you need counsel on how you can mentor or help them come alongside of them. The phone number is 877-LIVE-675. That number again, 
888-548-3675. Today we want to help you choose greatness, 877-548-3675. Dr. Schuler, how are you, sir? Hey, Chris, I'm great. I'm just really glad to uh, be, be on your show with you. I've heard so many great things about you, so I'm, I'm excited to meet you. So thanks for having me. Well, I, I'm grateful for you, and, and, and uh, as a dad, I share with you jokingly before the program, as a dad now of a teenager, I am uh, sitting with uh, eager heart and outstretched ears ready to hear and to learn what you have to share today. It's a different world that they're growing up in, and uh, saying that makes me feel old, uh, but they really are facing new challenges. Now, I got to get something out of the way because there's a rumor, and I need to know if it's true. Did you <laughs> and Gary Chapman actually meet on a basketball court? Is that true or not? That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, man. That is, that is, that is awesome. I, I do need to know privately. You don't even have to talk about it now. I do need to know what his, what his jump shot is like. I've talked to Gary about a lot of things, but I need you to give me a critique on his on his jump shot. But talk about your friendship with Gary. Well, you know, we actually did be in a basketball court years ago, back in 1968. Uh, one of my friends at the time of segregation, but one of my friends going to integrated school, I was going to all-black school, and he needed a bodyguard because his white girls invited him to this church. And I didn't think it was cute, but I guess they did. And so, uh, <laughs> so, I, went to, <laughs> so I went to protect him because he was only four feet, uh, five, eight inches tall, and I was much bigger. I was four feet nine. And so, uh, <laughs> so we went to this place, about 100 white kids, and Gary was there. And, um, but eventually I went to the basketball court because that's where I was, felt comfortable. Because, you know, in North Carolina, this is Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and you have basketball, tobacco, and Baptist, pretty much under order. So uh, before I became a Christian, I was, uh, basketball was my guide. And Gary came on the court. We developed, we developed a relationship. And then 52 years later, we're still in relationship. So it's That's been beautiful. pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, your story has been, uh, your friendship has been, in my opinion, a model of the example of what reconciliation looks like. You know, so often we live in a generation that highlights what's wrong in uh, cross-cultural relationships. Uh, it's, it's easy to highlight uh, the brokenness of the past, the present problems. But we also need to be able to see examples of what happens when Christ redeems us, not only to the Father, but, but uh, in Christ to one another. And I think you and Gary do a beautiful job of being able to identify both the differences that uh, have been a part of your lived experiences, but the unity you have in Christ. We'll come back to that in a moment, but let's talk a little bit about why you felt that Choose Greatness needed to be uh, written. Well, we just see that a lot of guys, you know, one of the key issues for young men is this whole idea of decision-making. And typically young guys that age, and I was no exception, we tend not to see the big picture. We don't ask the question, where will I be in five years? How will I get there? What will the price have to pay to get there? We just typically focus on the day and don't think about the consequences of our decisions. So Gary and I thought if we could help young guys to make wise decisions now, they can grow up to be good boyfriends and good husbands and good fathers down the road. Yeah, you were blessed to have um, a, a really, really solid dad in your life. Just talk about one of the points that you have here, uh, the parent-child relationship, because for so many young men, there's a father wound that's there. 
Uh, maybe they're estranged, and maybe they've decided with that father wound, I'm not going to trust an adult. I'm not going to mm-hmm. open up. But how important was that relationship with your dad, and how important is it for young men to choose wisdom from uh, parents and trusted adults? Well, I was fortunate to have a dad who loved my mom and loved my sister and me. And he, we were poor. In fact, we weren't poor. We were actually poor. But he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he always worked two or three jobs to make sure we were have food on the table. But the way he treated my mom, he just modeled for me what a good man was. And my dad, we had issues too. My dad never told me he loved me. But my freshman year mood, when I went home, I got to introduce him to Christ, and our relationship changed dramatically. And so the last time I was with him. Uh, before he died, uh, we prayed together. He was 20 years old, but he—I was 20 years old—but he really just built in some really important principles of being respected. Uh, in fact, one thing he said, she says, "No matter how rich or poor a man is, keeping his word tells you what kind of man he is." And so, being—you know—taking no excuses, uh, those things he really built into me that made a big difference. Well, you know, let me just say for all of you who are out there, young men, uh, I, one of the. Uh, most important areas of your life, maybe even the final frontier of your life, is addressing the relationship with your father. Uh, you might have a father who is present and alive and would love to pray for that relationship if it's strained or distant. Maybe you have a father who's not here anymore. Maybe he's passed on. Uh, you still need to be able to take that to the Lord, reconcile uh, the issues and the pains that might be there, uh, because uh, to the extent that you're able to heal that relationship and take that to God to work through the issues, I really think that's going to impact you as a husband, as a father, as a friend, and even your relationship with God. Maybe you need prayer in that area, or you know a young man who does. Again, 877-LIVE-675. What are some of the big issues, uh, Dr. Schuller, that you find that young men face today? Well, they they have issues sometimes with authority. Uh, That can be an issue with a work ethic. Uh, The whole their attitude toward education, young ladies, sex, and then if they're young men of color, then they have to figure out how they're going to deal with law enforcement. So these are really some big issues that young men have to face um, that I think are really important. Can I piggyback on your statement sure. about the father wound real quick? I think if young men are struggling with their dad, they need to understand that if their dad walked away, he's absentee, or his dad... Um, doesn't treat them where they think they should, sometimes it doesn't mean their dad is bad, and it doesn't mean their dad doesn't love them, but he might not know how to say that. If his dad didn't tell him he loved him, he might not know how to pass that on to you. So don't just assume your dad doesn't love you, and, uh, and keep that, you know, and try and talk to him. And you may have to give your dad first what you want for him, from him. You may need to tell your dad first, I love you, and eventually let him hear that from you enough to say, I love you too. Now, that might come back... Mm-hmm. or he might say, yeah, before he ever says, I love you too. And that might take years to happen. But I just wanted to share a little bit. I do a lot on the father wound, but I just wanted to touch base on that, Chris. Yeah, no, I love that. A good friend of mine, Jason Wilson, who's been on the program, says it this way, that sometimes you have to be what you didn't see. And, mm, uh, I and, like that. And that's, that's an good. important reality is that uh, you, you may not have seen it, but praise God, we can be fathered by God as mm-hmm. well. You know, before we go to break, I want to read one line from your book. You and Gary, tag team on the introduction, you say this, we are now looking back on our lives, on our own lives, and realize that many of our most important decisions were made when we were teenagers. 
Talk a little bit about how the trajectory of your life was impacted by wise decisions you made as a young man. Well, some of those decisions were, one, to go to college. That was, that was a big deal. Uh, my dad was a janitor all of his life, and he said, you know, you're not going to be a janitor. So when I got to ninth grade, he said, no a, no C's are coming back into my house. And, uh, in fact, he actually spanked me when I tried and brought a C in the ninth grade. So my dad really motivated me to get a good education. So I, so I think that's one aspect that really has impacted the rest of my life, because my dad and my community really emphasize a good education. Yeah, I love that. And <laughs> those C's coming into this house. Now, you know, um, obviously, as uh, as generational parenting diff- differs now, uh, it's important to be able to know how to motivate your kids from both challenge and encouragement. Uh, but I do think that this, this decision to prioritize education is so important. You know, education is really one of the only assets that you can own that travel with you throughout your entire life. You know, other things you invest in, a car, it's not going to stay with you your whole life. Uh, your, your house, uh, you, you name it, clothes, all those things, they'll come and go. But your education will impact you for a lifetime. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. But when we come back, what we're going to talk about are 11 wise decisions, young men. 11 wise decisions that will make your life uh, great. And, uh, and today what we want you to do is to choose greatness, to uh, embrace being brave and uh, making these decisions uh, will require you to be brave. But on the other side of them, if you can uh, do it, if you can make these decisions by God, God's grace, you'll go on and do great things for him and it will bless the people around you as well. Uh, We're going to take a short break. Clarence is going to stay with me. You can go to our website, equipradio.org, learn more about Dr. Schuler's life, ministry, and also learn how to order the book, Choose Greatness. Phone number 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Much more to come next up on Equip. Do you long for joy that supersedes your circumstances? Did you know that some of the most joyful people have endured unbelievable trauma? Because living joyfully is all about the habits we create in our daily lives. That's why I want to send you the four habits of joy-filled people by Dr. Marcus Warner and Chris Corsi. They combine spiritual truth with proven brain science to guide us into joyful living. This life-changing book can be yours with a gift of any amount to equip. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit EquippedRadio.org. If you're a young man in your 20s or 30s, today's your day. We're talking about choosing greatness. Uh, Yeah, even if you're a teenager as well, we want to help you to make some good decisions now that will benefit and bless your life for years and years to come. If you have a young man in your life that you love, that you would love for us to pray for or maybe even give wisdom to, you give us a call as well, 877-548-3675. My guest, Dr. Clarence Schuler, he's co-authored along with Gary Chapman, Wonderful book, Choose Greatness, 11 Wise Decisions That Brave Young Men Make. Before we go to the phone lines, Clarence, how were these 11 choices uh, or decisions selected? 
Well, we just kind of looked at the issues that we thought young men are struggling with, and we also went back to our own childhood or years as we were teenagers. And based on that, we pulled those out to really help guys to see these are things you need to focus on if you want to have a great life. Yeah, I love that you guys uh, just hit so many broad areas. You talk about the relationship with parents, talk about education. We've hit those two. But you guys talk about everything from technology to what it means to live a sexually responsible life to drugs and alcohol, even get into the race issue, diverse, diverse friendships and relationships, and ultimately the relationship with God. Uh, this is a really good book, but it's accessible. It's not like a textbook that feels so distant that you can't uh, approach it. Going back really quickly, for those who say, I don't have access to my parents, they're not in my life, mm. what do you mm. recommend in particular to guys who don't have a father that's present? Well, what we recommend in the book, uh, usually their mom is still around. Sometimes they're single dads, too, but mostly if they're, they're single moms. We encourage a single mom, if she goes to church, to maybe ask the pastor for a guy who may be a godly man that, that could uh, spend time with her son. There are organizations like Big Brother that they could also go to. And it could be people in her family, other relatives she has in her family that could be a mentor to the son. Now, I say this, Chris, and I hate to say this, but because of the way things are today, it's a different day than when I grew up, uh, they need to do background checks on anybody to protect yes. their son. And yeah. so, but if they clear that, then I think that's one way it takes pressure off the mom because the mom just can't be the dad. And that's not a put down, it's just we have different abilities and capabilities where God designed. And so, that's what we tell single mothers to do. Yeah, and I love that it could be a, a man that's already in the family. Maybe it's granddad. Maybe it's mm -hmm. an uncle, a brother. Uh, but that's awesome. Let's go to the phone lines. We have folks that are calling in from all over the country. I'm going to start with uh, Philip, who's listening in Florida. Hey, Philip, thank you so much for calling. How can we pray for you today? Hey, how you doing? Good. Oh, my God. That book is uh, what you're talking about. It's awesome. I could do that book myself over again <laughs> sure. with my life. Uh, but, you know, the reason why I'm calling because I got, I haven't, I got, I, I went and picked up my son yesterday from South Carolina. Okay. Uh, I haven't been a part of his life for like 10 years when he was born. I was in mm -hmm. prison. And when I got out of prison, you know, my intention was to go because he was my firstborn son to go mm -hmm. get him and bring him back to Florida. Okay. But the mom had moved on, and when I went to go get him, the guy that she was dating was like, oh, this is my son, or whatever, you ain't going to never see him again. Yeah. So eventually I ended up, you know, the mom was on drugs, eventually I ended up getting him. I went to pick them up from uh, South Carolina yesterday, and today I found uh, child pornography in his phone okay. with his little son. Let me ask a quick question, um, uh, Philip. How old is he? he he's 10. He's 10 years old, so he's 10 years old, and you've been reconnected with him for how long? For 10, this is my first time, 10 years. This is your first time, 10 years. Well, let me just do two things. Uh, first off, Philip, I want to commend you. I want to commend you that uh, we can't change our past. Life doesn't come with a rewind button, but we can make decisions today that will change the tra trajectory of our lives going forward. That's what Dr. Schuler talks about in his book. And we can also know that these wise decisions affect people around us as well. So I commend you for stepping into your son's life. But I would also say 
that just as you acknowledge you need support in this for yourself, you need support in this for your son. So don't feel like you got to do it alone. I would highly encourage you to get connected to a local church, talk to the pastor, talk to uh, the other men in the church, see if you can get a part of a men's group. You know, Clarence in his book talks about his friendships and how that made all the difference in his life. Uh, I will say the same for me. Uh, having other men in my life have helped me to be a better man. So I want to encourage you towards that end. And then I'm also going to have our producer give you a, a copy of this book, Choose Great Greatness, because you and your son can read through it together. Um, the, the temptation you're going to face, Philip, is just to react, to react to these issues. The goal is not just behavior modification on the outside. The goal is change of heart, and that happens when he has a relationship with his heavenly father and with you as earthly father. So walk through this book with him, read it with him so that you guys can build this relationship and stay humble like you just did. Uh, being willing to say to your son, hey, I've made a lot of bad decisions, but I'm, I'm going to try to model for you what is right. And I want you to be on this journey with me. Clarence, anything else you'd say to Philip? Well, I just echo what you said. I think it's really important to have those other men that can be that can bless him, and he might also want to try and find an older man in church to mentor him. Uh, but I also think one thing that's really important that I've discovered with fathering is that children need to know the story of the father, because when they don't know the story of the father, there are gaps in their life, and they don't know why they are the way they are. So I would encourage him and pray about this, but when it's age-appropriate, tell them some of the stories of how you are, the way you are, and stuff like that, and the changes in your life. And that will help him. That may help him avoid some things, but that will help him really endear himself to you and you to him. So I think it's important. And I would encourage you to go through the book with him, and y'all just talk about it. So uh, so I just want to commend you, too, as Chris did as well. Father, bless Philip. Uh, thank you for freeing him from physical prison and from spiritual mm -hmm. prison as he has turned to you. Lord, I pray the same for his son. I pray that he would remain faithful in, in, in walking with his son, that he would not become weary in well-doing, that he would love his son well, just as you have loved him well. And I pray that, uh, Lord, this would be the beginning of a great testimony for this family. Lord, you've proven in Scripture in the life of the Apostle Paul and many others that you know how to uh, uh, take convicts and, and make them into uh, servants of God, that you took Paul and made him into an apostle. Lord, you can take our lives and make much of them. So I pray that you would do it for Philip in Jesus' name. Amen. The book is, uh, this book, Choose Greatness, is not primarily about all of your testimony, but so much of your life is woven throughout it. Uh, and, and a part of your life story is the unfortunate battle that you had for years with pornography. Uh, yeah. And uh, God delivered you from, from that, but you, you write about technology, and I think that is probably the greatest challenge that many young men will face. How do you... Make sure technology is working for you instead of it dominating your life. Well, we think you need to use it. We think technology can be good, but like you said, it can be abused. We think for just communication, like if I wanted to text you, say, hey, Chris, uh, what time are we doing a show, or Chris, come meet for lunch. I think it's good for just simple information. I think the problem we have is when we use technology to communicate emotional issues. Like when I say, Chris, I got a problem with you, you did this, blah, 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 and I start writing instead of talking face-to-face. Because sometimes there are things I would write that I would never say you face-to-face. -face. 
to hold uh-huh. you accountable. So I think you have to be careful about that and like like bullying. Or another problem regarding a sexual issue, uh, a young couple were dating. They're teenagers. Uh, they were sexually intimate. The girl was 17. The boy was 18. had just turned 18. And they took sexting, took pictures of each other, inappropriate pictures. Well, somehow, you know, when you take those pictures, they never go away. Someone discovered it. The young man had a scholarship, Division One scholarship to play football, and he would end up being a felon and got arrested. And so um, his parents were wow. spending all his time and money trying to get his felony dropped to a misdemeanor. So in some states, sexting or using technology inappropriate can be a felony. So you just have to really be careful what you're doing with that. And it's just really for information. It's not for dealing with difficult issues with another person. Man, that's really huge. That's so huge. Guys, that's worth the book. I mean, that chapter in and of itself. Hey, with about a minute to go, though, I want to connect this with uh, the Me Too culture because you write about respecting women. We got about a minute before a break, but why was that such an important chapter for you and Gary to include? Well, I have three daughters. He has a daughter. You have a daughter. and But we all have mothers. And so we need to learn respect women. And respecting women does not mean you're weak. In fact, it can be very important to you, and it can build your skills, if you don't have a dad, of how to treat women. So I think it's important. It's a very old term, but we need to, as young men, learn how to come correct when it comes to women. And they will appreciate it. And we don't have time for the men to get into a sex life, but it will reap dividends down the road if you wait for sex after you're married, but how you treat them before that, it really impacts that. So sex is not just a physical act, it's so much more involved, but it starts with learning to respect young ladies and grown women. If the Me Too movement has taught us anything, it is the fact that the dishonoring of women leaves scars that will last a lifetime, and uh, distance and years in between the incident and the discovery does not lessen the effects of it. And so we have to teach our young men really, really early, respect and protect. I say this to my boys all the time. Mm. This is the responsibility we have to the women in our lives, respect and protect. And if we live that way, then God will be honored, and so will they. It'll bless our friendships uh, with our uh, sisters and also later on in our marriage. We're just getting started with Dr. Clarence Schuler. We're going to talk about race next, so you don't want to go anywhere. So much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. You're listening to a pre-recorded encore presentation of Equipped with Chris Brooks. Welcome back to Equipped with Chris Brooks, having a fascinating conversation with Dr. Clarence Schuler. He, along with his co-author, Dr. Gary Chapman have written a wonderful book dedicated to young men, helping young men to experience greatness. It's entitled Choose Greatness, 11 Wise Decisions That Brave Young Men Make. We want to encourage you, and uh, one of the ways we're going to do that, we got a couple of copies of this wonderful book that we're going to give as we process through these questions. So if you have a question or a prayer request, you just give us a call, and maybe you could be one of those five. Uh, but also, I want to encourage you to keep, you can find out more about the book, about Dr. Schuler at our website and on social media. Just go to Equip Radio on Facebook, Twitter, or the website, equipradio.org. Dr. Schuler, we're going to go to the phone lines 
And then I want to come back to the content of the book. Let's go to Joe, who's listening in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hey, Joe, thanks for calling. What's your question for Dr. Schuler? Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I'm a guy in my 20s, 27 years old, newly married and trying to work on my relationship with the Lord, too. The thing I'm having trouble with is with so many different demands with work and wife and church, having a really hard time balancing everything. And I feel like if I focus on one thing too much, then things kind of fall through in the other areas. So as I'm trying to integrate these different principles, it's like, how do I do it all, I guess, and live like a real full yeah. life and, and not be, be choosing one area over another? Great question. Dr. So do I understand, Joe, do I understand you say you married? Yeah, uh, newly married. Okay. Yeah. Okay, newly married. Well, this is a little bit different, but I want to encourage you to get my book. Uh, it's called uh, Keeping Your Wife Your Best Friend. It's how Keeping Your Wife Your Best Friend. But anyway, it's, it's a great book. will help you. But let me share you this. One of the key things you said, and first, I, I just want to commend you for trying to do everything. But don't think about balancing everything, because when we think balancing, we think everything has equal weight. Think about managing. And so when you're managing, that means you give other things priority. Now, the reality of it is you're going to work more, spend more time at work than you are at home, but you're working so you can have a better quality of life at home. And so what's really important is that you, that is God first, your wife second, and then whenever you have kids, they'll be third and then the job. But right now it's God first and then your wife, his gift to you. So you really want to focus on communicating with her, listening to her, and in that process. And then the two of you can make decisions together, even though you're the servant leader and God holds you responsible you can make in decisions together about how you're going to manage your time. And I think what that does, it helps her feel a part of your life and it takes some of the pressure off you because you're doing it together as a couple. And so, and then I, then based on your conversation with her, then you begin to uh, make other things, prior, you prioritize other things. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think maybe, I'm here. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. Yeah, I can hear you, yes. No, go ahead. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I I think it's just hard for it's just been difficult because uh, yeah she wants a lot of time with me which I totally understand I love spending time with my wife but I also I <laughs> my workplace is kind of asking for more things too so it's just been a challenge yes. to figure out how to balance all of these okay. things. Okay, well let me ask you this: uh, if if you're a Christ follower, and I'm not saying that you have to be, but if you are, one of the key things you want to do as you pray to God about stuff, uh, asking for His wisdom, but also pray with your wife too, maybe on the same team. And then if your job is taking you away from your wife more than you think you should, it's just totally out of balance and is really hurting your marriage, then you might want to begin to pray and ask God to bring another job into your view that doesn't take you away as much. But those are the decisions that you, the two of you need to make together, or you, your wife, and okay. God need to make together. Joe, I want to add my voice to that of uh, Dr. Schuler's. I just commend you big time. Let me just say we've all been there. Every one of us, man, this is part of being on the front end of life, and there's kind of no way around the, the, the pressure you're feeling. I do want to say to you, it is a season. Life has chapters, so every season won't be like this season. One of the things that my wife and I have tried to do is to make sure in those seasons where I did have to give a little bit more to work than I, I did in other seasons, uh, we tried to make sure that I was fully present when I was with her. Uh, I think one of the worst things that can happen is that I'm at work when I'm at work, but I'm also at work when I'm at home, if you know what mm -hmm. I mean, your mind and your emotions there. So what you really want to do is to say, with whatever amount of time we have together throughout the week, let me make sure I'm fully present, even if it's 
for smaller amounts of periods than what we would both like. Let me make sure I'm fully present. And one of the ways you can show her that you're fully present is you guys trade off on uh, coming up with ideas for date nights. Some weeks she oh, gets to pick. Some weeks you get to pick. Uh, but when she sees your vested like that, that's great. Uh, and the same thing you did to get her is the thing you need to do to keep her. So the cards, the flowers, all of those things, uh, you got to keep pursuing your wife even in this season. It'll fall into place for you, though. You sound like a a young man who loves the Lord. Mm. It is a challenging season. It's a part of being a young man. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep loving your wife. Make sure she's your best friend, and it will uh, fall into place. And as Dr. Schuler says in his book, keep a mature couple in your life. You need to have somebody who's going to, uh, be a mature man in your life that can pull you to the side and say, hey, you're out of balance. You need to step back in the balance. And she needs a mature woman who can give her perspective as well. You stay on the line, Joe. We're going to get you a copy of Dr. Schuler's book just as a gift from us to you to say that we uh, we got your back. Father, bless Joe. Bless his marriage, Lord. Prosper him at work. Most of all, I pray that he would keep his eyes on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Dr. Schuler, I subscribe, I subscribe to a one race theology. And what I mean by that is I think the biblical case is that there's only one race and that is the human race. But I also recognize from sociology and history that the concept of multiple races, uh, the concepts of whiteness and blackness was a man-made phenomenon used to promote theories of inferiority and superiority and entire society structures were built around this this fallen view so we have to on the one hand hold to our theology not ignoring the re, the the reality that because of this fallen sinful view that many of us have had different lived experienced how, how do you and gary overcome that you also talk about your friendship with denny that you formed mm-hmm. through basketball at Wake Forest. How did you guys overcome this, not being colorblind on, on the one hand, but not letting color dominate your relationship? Well, I agree. It is one human race, and I appreciate you just saying what you just said. There is no such thing as colorblindness because God created color, and he talks about it in Scripture all the time, our differences. And so I think what Gary and I focus on, and it's a new book I'm writing, it's, it's actually called Maximizing Difference. And it's kind of based on 1 Corinthians 12, where we're different and we have different abilities, but also in that we have to understand there's an interdependency involved as well. So I, you know, so I, but I, I meet people where they are. And so when people are talking about whether it's one race or they say multiple races, I, I try not to let that be a stumbling block, but kind of like Jesus met the woman at, in Samaria at the well. They were, her biggest issue was water, so I met her there talking about the water. So I try and hit people where they are, hear what they're saying, and then try and go from there and, and share a different perspective. And I focus on unity, not always union, because sometimes union can be the enemy of unity. And so, uh, But also our differences are not things that make us superior or inferior, but if we, as Christ follows, if we come together where he wanted us to, it actually makes us stronger and better for his glory. So that's kind of why I base my view of, of diversity or what I call maximizing difference, really based on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, being the body and interdependency, that we need each other. Yeah, I love that you appeal to the Word of God. Let me go a little bit further, because one of the cultural phenomena that I see happening today is this encouragement 
for us to retreat to our silos. Uh, within the African-American community, often the encouragement is, hey, you just need to uh, just hang around your own. Uh, often within the white community, that message can be sent as well. So you champion, and so does Gary Chapman, the, the beauty of and the value of diverse relationships. Talk about yeah. the value there. Well, you, you know, as a history major in college, they taught me that the more you learn about other people, the more you learn about yourself. And so even if I was just really being selfish, I need to learn about people who are different from me, from Caucasian race, from the Asian race, Latinos, Hispanics, Africans. All that helps me see, and as I've traveled the globe, I've just seen that all God's people are really beautiful, very different, and I learn stuff. But as I see their difference, I also see how God's much bigger than I ever could anticipate, and I still have no idea how big he is. So I think we look at, or we can look at race totally differently, but I think to shut ourselves off in, in, uh, in silos, we cheat ourselves, and if we're Christians, we actually really cheat the body because the body needs us. And so, uh, but also there's the fear of the unknown that a lot of people have. And so when I do my diverse training or my maximizing difference training, it's really important that you create a safe place. And Gary and our relationship, Gary built a relationship with me before it was cool to do cross-cultural relationships. And he took a lot of stuff that he that you know he will never talk about. His wife shares stuff with me, but she said he'll never tell you this stuff. But I just want you to know that how much he loves you, and that just has really been profound. And we were together yesterday, going through a book contract, laughing as we were going through the contract and talking. And what was cool about Chris is just this relationship, because my dad died when I was twenty. When he was twenty, when I was twenty, uh, Gary became my my physical dad spiritual, but also my physical dad in just a lot of different ways. I mean, he helped send my kids to college, just a lot of different stuff. And it's just a great, and we're closer today than we've ever been. Yeah, I think there's so much uh, power in that, in being able to see uh, that there's beauty in our differences, and that that's okay for us to acknowledge, uh, but that what Christ has given us in him allows us to be more than just family as a cliche, really mm -hmm. family. You know, and I right. love it that you guys are modeling what it's like to really be family. What do you say to those who have been, you know, really impacted by the social justice movements of today and uh, really uh, maybe even developing bitterness in their heart uh, for uh, someone from a different race or ethnicity? What do you want to say to them? Well, I, I hear that. I mean, uh Chris, I'm 67, so I grew up with segregation, and segregation wasn't all bad. But I, but I also dealt with, uh, even in Christianity, my first years at Moody, man, my first year at Moody, before basketball season started, Chris, not a lot of people talked to me. You know, and when I started playing basketball, I was the first African-American to play there, I went from the outhouse to the penthouse. And, and so uh, everybody, you know, so it can be difficult, but I was telling the guy yesterday where God has me, even I have to deal with the racial injustice, stuff like that, I have to get myself in position to hear the other side of the story because I have my own filters, but I serve as a chaplain for the sheriff's department, which is really interesting. And, and guys open some doors there because a lot of times I'm the first African-American people have met, and so I'm trying to portray Christ in that. It doesn't mean we don't deal with the injustices, but there's a way that we deal with the injustice. And the people are much more important than dealing with, the emotional issues, and it's and it's really I don't want to oversimplify it, but as a Christ 
follower, my first job is serving people. Yes. It doesn't mean that we don't hold them accountable. It doesn't mean it's not responsibility and accountability, but there's a way that we do it that I think is really important. On the road to reconciliation, there has to be repentance and accountability. I agree with that. But I remember hearing a quote from a good friend of mine who says this, that in your quest for justice, if you start with bitterness, in the end you'll be left with bitterness. But in your quest for justice, if you start with love, in the end you'll have love. And I believe that to be true, uh, that yes, uh, pursuing uh, justice and holding people accountable for sin and um, the mistreatment of others, uh, that is uh, biblical. But yet, let us not lose sight of what the ultimate goal is. In Christ, the goal in all things is reconciliation to God and through Christ, reconciliation with one another. Uh, folks, hopefully you're starting to see just the richness of this book, Choose Greatness. We've only scratched the surface. There is so much here. Imagine this getting into the hand of the young men in your life. Imagine uh, groups of young men going through this, uh, maybe even in your church. I want to encourage you. Uh, go to our website. You can learn ordering information. You can see links there at equipradio.org. Learn more about Dr. Clarence Schuler as well. Whatever you do, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to talk about what it means to live a life of service and how to build the most important relationship of all. You probably can guess which one that is. We'll talk about that with Dr. Clarence Schuler and much more on the other side of this break. Next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. As a dad, a friend, and a neighbor, I share your concerns over the growing problems in our culture. That's why on Equip, we tackle the tough issues, learning how to respond with grace and truth. We're looking for like-minded partners to stand with us. Would you be willing to become an Equipper today? In this role, you'll give a monthly donation to support the ministry of Equip. And as an Equipper, you'll receive insider benefits, such as a bi-weekly email that contains pastoral messages prepared just for you. Become an Equipper today by calling 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Man, time flies when you're having fun. And uh, Clarence Shuley, it has been an absolute joy to talk to you. I wish uh, we could sit down for about three or four hours uh, just to be able to <laughs> unpack some of these things. But if I could, I think a good place to land the plane, always in the heart of the gospel. I want to talk about two things, if we could, briefly. First okay. is your encouragement uh, to young men to live a life of service to others. What do you mean by that? Well, this didn't come easy. My parents uh, made me uh, do things like cut the grass for senior citizens who couldn't do it on their own, and, and then they wouldn't let me take money. And so, uh, <laughs> and so they said, you need to help others who can't always do something back for you. And so serving other people, uh, you end up getting more from them than you than they get from you. And uh, as a, with my father passed, and I have Gary Chapman, but also older, other older men uh, from different cultures who invest in me. And one thing I said, the key to all this, and they're very, these are very successful men in business and Christian ministry as well, uh, they said the key, the reason we teach all this so you can serve other people. And now that I'm mentoring young men, it's just really amazing deal that creates a legacy for you that uh, you get blessed more than you give. So I think it's really important. So does 
So it's really important to serve other people. It's really important to work hard. And when you work hard um, and you're never too young to, to learn how to work hard, I think these things are important. And part of that work needs to be serving others. Yeah, without getting anything in return, man. You know, I know in the dedication page of your book, you dedicate this to all the young men who are willing to be uh, brave, make brave decisions. But I will say that every time you answer, in many ways, you're honoring your father's legacy because you're teaching us a lot about parenting as well, based off of the way he parented you. All right, let's talk about the most important relationship of all. What is that relationship? That's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, because the relationship with Jesus Christ actually is the one that empowers us to do all the other things and to make those good decisions. You know, because it's it's just not, I don't think we do that on our own. I know I'm too selfish to do it on my own, and so that personal relationship, you know, when Gary Chapman was sharing John 3.16, he said, For God's love, Clarence. And I said, that verse doesn't go that way. And even though I wasn't a Christian, I was a drug baby. Every time the doors of church were open, they drug me to church. And uh, <laughs> I, I knew that verse. And I said, it doesn't go that way. He says, well, Clarence, when God is talking about the world, he's talking about you and everybody else. And so we have a personal God, a God who personally knows us, who created us and cares for us. And so by asking him to come into my life and to give me and forgive me of my sins and make my life he wants it to be, that totally revolutionized my life. It changed my paradigm shift from regards to the race issue, prejudice, just so many things. And it's just it's just opened a door and it's never ever failed. So we encourage young people in the book and we let that chapter be last because we're writing to people who may not become Christians. And we hope during the process of going through the book they trust us, so when they get to the God factor, the God chapter, they begin to see a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is really so important. Jesus Christ is supremely important, are the words of Dr. Clarence Schuler and Dr. Gary Chapman, and I would agree with those words. And if Jesus has risen from the dead, then everything else is but a footnote. Invest mm. your life into getting to know Jesus. It will change everything, I promise you. Dr. Schuler, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for carving out time to being with us. It will not be the last time, I promise. You got an open invitation to come back. Well, Chris, thanks so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate your wisdom. And you blessed me by praying with everyone who came on the phone. So yeah. I see your heart, and I appreciate it. And I pray God will bless you as you bless other people. Well, thank you, you t- again. You tell Gary Chapman, I can't wait to see him on the basketball court. You have a good day. <laughs> you have a okay. good day. All right. All right, well, you too. God bless. Friends, it's been such a joy being with you today, I, and I do highly want to encourage you. Uh, sometimes uh, small books pack a powerful punch, and that is certainly the case with Dr. Clarence Schuler's wonderful book, Choose Greatness, 11 Wise Decisions That Brave Young Men Make. If you want to be brave, don't follow the crowd. Don't follow the spirit of this age. Be different. Be wise. You know, we live in a day and age where there is an abundance of information, but there is just very little wisdom. You don't want to have a whole lot of information, you want to have a lot of wisdom. And that comes from making good decisions while you're young. So go to our website, find out how you can get a copy of Choose Greatness. Order it today at equipradio.org. Listen, I can't wait till we're together again next time. Until then, as always, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.